Welcome to the Art of Attention, where we focus on what matters most in your business with your host, Tina K. Davis, a multi-business owner who knows the struggle of ADHD firsthand. Navigate the maze of distractions with real tips, real talk, and real success. Ready to dive in? Let's get to work. Welcome back to the Art of Attention. In today's episode, we will dive into the unpleasant truth of how clutter steals all of our focus. We'll go over how clutter is both physical and mental, how the physical clutter leads into the mental clutter and then the mental back into the physical and this never-ending cycle of the two competing. We will also go over how physical and mental clutter are related to our focus, the strategies to eliminate both physical and mental clutter, and then the long-term benefits of having a decluttered space and mind. So if you're ready, let's get to work. First, we're going to talk about how physical and mental clutter are related and the connection between the two and our focus. Physical clutter is anytime you have a disorganized workspace, it can lead to the feeling of chaos, overwhelm, distraction. So we're going to talk about a lot of ways that we can identify it and how we can clean it up. But first, physical clutter is going to lead to several things. One, wasted time. You are looking for your tools, your resources, your documents. It could be your, your actual notebook, your planner, or just stuff on digital, your, your blog posts that you saved, ideas for content that you want to put on social media, the dozens of freebies that you got that are going to lead you to that next big thing. All of that's clutter that you have to sort through, and you're wasting time looking for those things. And when you're wasting that time, Say you got all set up to go ahead and and do the task, but you're looking for the things, you're going to reduce your creativity. You're not going to want to keep moving. You're going to half-ass your way through it because you've spent so much time looking, you don't have enough time for the doing. If your work area is a mess, it feels chaotic. Your brain starts to hurt and you really don't want to be doing what you're doing because it's now uncomfortable. And The one thing we're trying to do is kick off a business or scale our business. So we have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Also, when you are cluttered, it comes across as unprofessional. We are just like right now, we're we're in this virtual space. We are, you know, exposing our home lives and our office lives to the outside world. And if what's behind us looks cluttered, then we come across as unprofessional. And that doesn't mean to get rid of your collections or anything, because maybe those things in the background are work-related. Maybe they do pertain to the subject that you talk about. But if it's not organized, it just looks messy, and that comes across as unprofessional. You feel like you're constantly lost or distracted, and because of that, you're either going to start trying to clean and then get into that rabbit hole, or you'll just shut down entirely because your executive function is like, I can't do this right now. I'll just do it later. And then nothing gets done. And then you feel worse. When I go to my desk, I have to dust my desk before I sit down. I have a bunch of cats and I just cannot start thinking that there's cat hair on anything. So I dust it. Then I have to make sure that everything is in its place. I have four monitors and two keyboards. Those keyboards have to be in a certain place. I have one mouse pad and two mice. They have to be in a certain place. Where my drink goes has to be perfect, right? I have this layout of where the tools that I need to operate are in their space. My planner's in a certain spot. My post-its and markers are in a certain spot. My dry erase board is ready to go. That may not look pretty, but it is exactly what I need and where it needs to be and nothing more. In fact, 
This space that I'm in right now, recording this podcast, it's not even real. This is all a background that I set up just to do this recording. And all of these things are usable. And yes, I did it because I felt like it looked good. But the books behind me, they've all been read. And so I put the red books in a place that aren't, they don't necessarily need to be available to me at any given time. And you can do the same. What is around you are the tools to do the job that you're doing right then. And then what you don't need to do what you're about to do needs to be somewhere else so that the clutter is out of the way. A kitchen is no different. Do you go in to do some new task, maybe make something you hadn't made in a while, and the sight of a messy cabinet sends you down this rabbit hole of organizing an entire wing of your house? I personally can't go into the kitchen and make even a shake for breakfast if all of the dishes from the night before from the drying rack aren't put away. In order for me to function in the morning, because I am not a morning person, I have to put them all away the night before, or I can't function in the morning. It could be the same for you, or you may not even notice that it's the same for you because you're living with this clutter and you haven't recognized how much it steals your focus and derails you and actually kicks off a little procrastination. When you're organized with physical clutter, you boost your productivity because you're not looking for everything all the time. You're focused now and you're in an enhanced focus state because your brain can do what it needs to do and not cut through all of the other things. The more clutter you have, the more your brain is competing to, for the attention of all the things that are in front of you. So you've got this mental clarity that you can get going with. You will look more professional because your background is clear. You're actually coming across as more put together. You've obviously started saving time because you're not searching for everything. It's already been rectified. And then when you have all of this put together, you will feel better. And when you feel better, you can do better because you actually start to believe in yourself again. All of this is just talking about physical clutter, the things that are in front of our face that our brain is competing to absorb and do something with this data takes away from the task we want to do that builds our business. And that's why we're here in the first place. Okay, mental clutter is a doozy. So I want you to hear me out on this. Mental clutter is a lot of things, okay? So when you have a lot of unfinished tasks or you've got an overload of thoughts because you've just let your mind run with ideas and now you want to do this over here and that over there, you cannot concentrate. You have hindered all of your ability to concentrate and you are introducing more distraction by just letting it run like that. So we are going to dive into mental clutter just as much as physical because they are connected. So with mental clutter, obviously you're not concentrating because your thoughts are racing, but your thoughts are racing because you are not focusing on what's important. Then comes decision fatigue because you've got too many open tasks. You've decided to explore so many different new ideas in your head because you've got squirrel syndrome or shiny object syndrome that you, you can't make a decision on any of those things. So now you are sitting on a bunch of things that need a decision. You will get overwhelmed because you have too many decisions to make and you have all of these racing thoughts and it's going to lead to poor decision making, which leads to regret, which leads to more procrastination. All of these things, they cause our favorite stress and anxiety. A cluttered mind worries. And when it's worrying, you're going to miss things. You're going to miss deadlines. You're going to miss opportunities. You're going to miss 
out on what you are really trying to hone in on. You're going to miss your target window, your target audience. You're going to miss your why. And your mental health, it's going to start to suffer. And then guess who's going to come through that door? Your lovely imposter monster. Let's be honest. Most of the garbage that's swirling around in our head, we're telling ourselves, this is all self-inflicted. The no one will buy from me. I'm not ready. It needs to be perfect. I'm not good enough yet. One more course. I'll be judged. All of that is the mental bullshit we tell ourselves. And that's swirling around in there causing extra mental clutter. When your mind is cluttered, there is no way you can focus or concentrate on your business, much less any other task. So when you clear away that mental clutter, you can reduce procrastination because you're cluttering your mind with bullshit right now. So when that's gone, you can actually focus and get things done. You can also think holistically. When you are worried about things, and that's what a cluttered mind does, it worries, you can't see big picture. You can't see beginning to end. And so when you resolve that, you're able to see your customer journey, your three-year plan, whatever it is that you're looking at, you're able to see point A to point Z. And that's a big deal in business. You also regulate your emotions. So those ups and downs in business, those decisions you need to make in order to get from A to Z, you'll be able to respond to those ups and downs a lot better because your mind isn't all clouded with these things that are spiraling out of control. Another benefit is better memory recall. When your mind isn't all cluttered, you can actually focus on what you set out to do. You can complete the task because you can remember the tasks. And when all of that's said and done, you actually have the chance of a work-life balance. First, we'll talk about physical decluttering. These are going to be six actionable steps that you can do in short time blocks to really make over the space. Now, we are talking about a workspace, not your whole room, not the whole house, what your workspace is. Start there because this is all about being able to sit down and get the job done. Step one, assessment. All I want you to do is sit at the workstation and just mentally take stock of everything that's there. Identify what items are essential, what are rarely used, what are only there because they spark joy and make you happy, and what are completely unnecessary. That's all step one is, is to really just inventory what you have without going down a rabbit hole and just start to determine what you could easily make decisions about. You're not doing anything else in step one. This can be five, 10 minutes and just go through and make these checklists in your head. You'll probably immediately start to see things that you can eliminate. Just put those in a, a small pile. Don't do anything else. Just remember to take stock of everything else that is there and not get stuck in a rabbit hole. Step two categorization. All you're going to do is set like items together. If they're your writing tools, it's a pile of those. So it's your notebooks, your pens, your markers, whatever you use for your journal, the writing things. And it, maybe it's a certain type of tool that you use for clay pottery or making jewelry. Every one of us has a bucket or something full of cords and chargers and different attachments and adapters. Those categorize all of those things. Everything that's in your workspace, no matter what type of workspace you have, you've gone through the assessment and now you're going to categorize what's left. This too can be done over five minute periods as long as you're not utilizing this workstation, but you can do this in a short amount of time. Each step can be its own little process and you can take breaks in between. Step three, this is the bigger one and the harder one. This is where we begin the process of elimination. You want to remove items that are no longer necessary, anything that's outdated, 
anything that's dysfunctional, if it's missing a part or it's maybe not necessarily working the same as it used to, do you really need to keep all of those rubber stamps with the wrong phone number or your old address or any of the things that are in your toolbox that you're no longer using? Don't worry about whether or not somebody else can use it because right now we just need it out of your space. Because the end of part three is going to be we can either recycle it, meaning use it in another space, or put it in a recycle bin where it can actually be recycled. You can donate it or give it to a friend or another coworker that can use it in their workspace. We don't need to worry about where it ends up because we're just trying to get our physical clutter out of our life. So don't hang on to the thought of, I've spent a lot of money on this. I may one day possibly might need this again. Or I'll hang on to this for the next six months because my second cousin who comes in at Christmas might want it. Just get it out of your space. If at the end of all of this, you don't have anyone to hand it off to, just get rid of it. It's already out there in the universe anyway, but it doesn't need to be in yours. Step four, designated spaces. Now, this is where I want you to assign a specific spot or location for each of the items that are left. And this includes the organization items, right? So the tools and the resources, anything that's frequently used, put those in places that you can see them so that you can easily use them. If they are not as often used, put them in a place that you don't have to get to very easily. Same with some of the tools that I have. The camera case, I don't travel with my camera, so it's on the bottom shelf. Whereas some of the things I use every single day, like the microphone or adapters, they're right in front of me. Step five is organizational tools. Now, for some of you, this can send you into this tizzy where you're going online and buying a whole bunch of things to organize with, but let's first just get things organized so you can determine if they are the right type of tools you need or if you even need something special. So don't go ordering anything just yet. Use what you have, but put them in their designated space, but try to organize what you have left in trays, binders, drawers, label the things, but don't go crazy. You're just trying to find a way to comfortably live with what's left from your originally cluttered space. Number six, this is probably the hard one. A routine to do this again. You need to set a regular schedule. Maybe every week you take a look at your desk and you start to put things back where they're supposed to be. Monthly, you go through and you toss your scripts or anything that you've used up, anything that's running low. I tend to go through pens and markers, toss the ones that are running out, but do that monthly. And then maybe quarterly, go through and reassess your organizational tools and just go through this process in a routine to where it doesn't get cluttered again. With this now clutter-free space, we have the ability to foster creativity because an organized space removes visual distractions. We boost efficiency because we know where things are and we can get them and do the job with them and put them back. We've now reduced stress, <laughs> which in turn enhances our focus and we are able to get out there and kill the procrastination around what we're going to do to organize this space and we can get the job done. Plus, on camera, we look professional because we're in an organized and clutter-free space. Now we need to tackle mental decluttering. So I want to go over some tips on how to do that, but you really need to stay open-minded here because, like I said, a lot of this is self-inflicted. Step one, you need to set clear goals. You need to understand what your long-term objectives are. You can't just go out and do these large chunks. You also then have to take those long-term objectives and break them up into short-term targets. You have to have a clear vision. You cannot be that person, and we are those people that are easily distracted where we're trying to think and do 15 different things because all of those ideas sound good. 
pick one, get clear on it and focus on it and set goals around that. I want you to practice mindfulness. And this can be affirmations, meditation, guided visualization is one of my favorite things to do. But if you're letting your mind run amok and telling you all the nasty things about how you're not good enough, no one will buy from you and all that crap, you're not going to get mindfulness and you're not going to be able to set those clear goals because you don't know what you're working towards. You really, really need to leverage tools to accomplish number three, and that is a day planner. Number three, a day planner. You got to have a planner. I'm going to suggest you don't use one on your phone because if you're easily distracted, which is why you're listening to me in the first place, you can't go near your phone because you'll be down that trail of looking at every other alert and thing that come across and you'll never get back to focusing. But with a day planner, not only can you schedule tasks, you can also jot down thoughts and ideas. You can put things on there that you can revisit later so you don't forget about them, so you don't start squirreling on those. You can transfer them from a dry erase board to paper. You can also put them on your phone if that's so necessary for you at a later time. But you need a day planner to get started. Number four, creating to-do lists. You have to have a targeted list of what you're going to accomplish and the priority in which you need to accomplish them or you're not gonna get anything done. You can get a dopamine hit every time you check something off, but you gotta write it down. And a to-do list can also mean you can prioritize things and then reprioritize things, but then not lose track, right? Because what does our squirrel brain wanna do? Add things that seem to be major fires or super important or that new shiny idea we just heard about because we didn't put our phone away. But the to-do list, that's how we keep focus. And that to-do list should be in our daily planner. Number five, now that we have our to-do list in our daily planner, we can time block. What the hell is time blocking? It's taking all the things you need to do and allocating a designated block of time. There are a lot of techniques for this. You can use Pomodoro, you can use all sorts of things, timers, I would, again, recommend you don't use anything on your phone because then your alerts go off and there you go. But you need to break down what is on that to-do list into manageable time. And that might be five minutes. It might be 10 minutes. You might do Pomodoro where you're working for 25 and taking a break for five. Whatever the case may be, you need to go into time blocking. Now, if you need a tool that can help you with the day planner, the time blocking, and the to-do list, Why don't you look at the link I have in the notes and download my daily anti-distraction planner. That's going to help you get started. You can use it every day and feel the benefits because it's exactly what we're talking about today. Number six is limiting our information intake. We are in a digital age and you are going to be inundated with freebies and, and webinars and all sorts of things online. And you will start to collect those things and want to absorb more and more. Really, all you're doing is procrastinating from doing the hard thing because you're trying to convince yourself that if I learn one more thing, I could be better. If I just do this this way, I could get it done faster. Stop with the intake of information. Once you have a clear goal, focus on that. And let's say you have to do something you don't necessarily know how to do. Just learn that thing and come back and execute it. But that's all in your time block. You know you've set aside amount of time to learn it to execute it, maybe tweak it and move on to the next. You've got to limit what's coming into your brain. Number seven, regular reflection. This is where you take a mental inventory of all the things you've accomplished by being mentally decluttered and reward your results. Give yourself props and be proud of the things you were able to complete because you got all the garbage out of your head. And also look and take stock on whether or not some other imposter voice snuck back in and is telling you some more crap. 
Get rid of it. Find the root and get rid of it. You've got to do this on a regular basis, just like the weekly, monthly, quarterly declutter that you need to do as far as maintenance. You've got to have mental maintenance as well. Just like we had benefits from physically decluttering, there are a lot of benefits to mentally decluttering. One is enhanced focus. We can focus on what we're doing because there's not all this stuff competing for our brain. We have improved productivity because we're able to stop the nonsense going on in our heads, slow down those negative conversations that we're having with ourselves, and just get to work with a clear mind. We have an organized approach, which now reduces stress. And knowing that our attention is on what it needs to be on and we can put a plan together to address it means we don't have to worry so much. We now can make better decisions because all of the garbage is out of the way and we only have to focus on what's important. Finally, I want to talk about the long-term impact of having a decluttered mind and space. Enhanced productivity is one of them. Over time, an organized environment reduces minutes, even hours, researching or looking for the things you, you can't find. It also facilitates quicker and clearer decision-making because everything's clean and clear in your mind and space. Obviously, we've talked about how much it reduces stress and anxiety. And if you're consistently working in a clear space, it doesn't have a chance to build up again. And a decluttered mind facilitates quicker and easier decision-making. It reduces stress and anxiety. We've talked about it multiple times. If you work in a clear space, your brain isn't fighting for the attention it needs on the multiple things out in front of you. Your brain also has a lot of clarity and it prevents the feelings of overwhelm. And this means you're going to have better overall mental health and well-being for the long run. One of the main reasons we're here is to improve our focus and reduce distractions. With fewer distractions from our physical environment and mental space, entrepreneurs can maintain longer and sharper focus on the tasks that we need to do to build our business. This is particularly beneficial in concentration, strategic planning, and financial management. With this decluttering, you'll have a consistency in work quality, boosted confidence, work-life balance, which obviously all of us could benefit from, financial savings because you're not out there buying more courses or buying the things you've already lost from the physical clutter, there is now space for innovation because you've decluttered your mind and you're receptive to new ideas and you're able to go deeper into those solutions without fighting with all of the clutter you're letting in from the distractions. You're able to build a positive brand image because you are on point. You know what's important. You know what your why is and you're tackling the things that you need to do in order to execute your why. Finally, enhance personal growth. Beyond business, this new space that you've opened up lets you build out in your personal life just as much as your business life and see what you've been missing. To summarize why decluttering is so important, we've come up with time management and being able to do the things you set out to do because you're able to focus on them without all the physical and mental clutter getting in the way. Reduce stress. A cluttered space often enhances the feelings of overwhelm. So when we get that out of the way, we can focus on what's important and our stress levels and anxiety levels come down. Clear boundaries. Decluttering helps with your physical and mental boundaries because you have a place for everything and everything in its place, as well as you've limited what garbage can come into your head. Elevated energy levels because stress and anxiety and overwhelm, they drain you of that. And finally, enhance productivity because you have the energy, you have the clarity, and you have the focus, you can actually get things done. A lot of this seems easier said than done. And considering none of us have enough time or energy, I want you to focus on these next things.
One, prioritize self-care. <laughs> I know, but you need to. You need to remember to take time for yourself, and it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. Use the time that we've saved from decluttering to invest in self-care rituals. Delegate when necessary. Recognize that you can't do everything, and some things you're going to need help on. This doesn't mean that you have to go out and hire somebody to do every little task, but it might mean that you have to start using apps or tools that you didn't know existed. You can delegate some of the daily action items that you have to technology. Embrace the no. You don't have to say yes to everything, whether that's every event, every social gathering, or every idea that pops in your head, every webinar, every freebie, anything. You can just say no, and you need to, to remain clutter-free. Regular check-ins. You need to allocate time to check in with yourself. That is that routine maintenance on the clutter. Maybe it's the routine maintenance on your mental clutter, but you need to take time for yourself to check in on your own personal activities. What are you doing? And are you doing what's important for your goals? By now, you have insights on how ongoing maintenance of both mental and physical spaces can lead to sustained focus, increased productivity, overall success in business, and just feeling better. The goal was to provide an overview of concepts that we can use to physically and mentally declutter and the practical solutions to accomplishing those things. As women in business, we are going to come across a lot of these hardships on a regular basis. So remember, you have to check in with yourself and go through this process occasionally, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever, but go through the processes again. In the end, you are not your distractions. So be you, believe in you, focus on you, and let's all get to work. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, you are not defined by distraction. Apply something you've learned today in your own business and share it with all your easily distracted friends.